Hello everyone, welcome to Think and Speak Positive by Kiva Ipal. We are on episode 005 and today we have in our conversation Jonas Bank Anderson, who is the founder of the startup Above Borders, uh, which is a travel company that actually proposes tools to very isolated destinations such as North Korea, Turkmenistan and more. He's a very fun spirit and inspirational visionaire. I hope that you will get amazing insights from his experience and his journey so far and how he stands as a leader. So enjoy the talk. Welcome to Think and Speak Positive by Kiva Ipal. Today I have with me someone who has the eye for isolated islands. Jonas, can you introduce yourself? Sorry if I, I said it wrong. No worries. Well, uh, my name is Jonas and nice to be here, Kiva. One thing is that you said islands, it's countries in general, right? Yeah. Excellent. Destinations. Destinations, exactly. Like, Yeah. My name is Jonas and uh, I have founded this travel company one year ago, which is called Above Borders. And as you said, we travel to isolated destinations. I'm from Denmark. I come from a small town north of Fyn, where we had like 3,000 citizens in the city. Then I moved to Jylland for a while, played some badminton, thought I should be the world champion, realized at some point I shouldn't, then okay. moved to Germany. For one year in Berlin, actually. Awesome city. Then moved to Copenhagen, started studying finance. Found out that being a finance guy, even though it's way more luxurious money-wise, it's not the most fun job in the world. At some point, I found out that I wanted to have more fun. And yeah, so that's why I thought that a travel company could be a really good idea because it's a really fun job. Cool. Well, that's a great context. I didn't ask for the background on badminton, but it's, it's a. Great. It's also because I still play a bit badminton. So therefore, if people ask me if I can tell about myself, then it has been a part of my introduction for a long time that I was a mm. badminton player, right? You, you know, when people say, like, I'm a, I work in a bank, I'm a football player, or I used to say I'm a badminton player, right? So, or so I'm a student. Spot. Yeah, okay. some will not as often anymore. Cool. This is unexpected and kind of unusual because we are doing this in a really professional way. And I have to be honest, it's not what I used to do, but I think it's good to get into this professional vibe. Okay, so how is it that you usually do more chill? Yeah, exactly. No yeah. distance, no mics, just the app. A kind of a vibe of, you know, low-key. But it's good. It's mm -hmm. it's interesting. So I hope that you will sense the professional vibe of it and you will enjoy it. So first, before we start, I want you to write on this notebook. It's a kind of a routine now. You write the first word that comes into your mind. Whatever the word. Which side? The first one? Yeah. Once it's done, you put it aside. Sure. I was really, actually pretty excited to talk to you. Likewise. <laughs> it's always fun to talk, so likewise. <laughs> Because I have a fascination for South Korea, but above that, I've always been really interested in North Korea as well. And you cannot understand South Korea without thinking about North Korea. So I want to know more about what happened, what triggered your envy to just go up a little bit further. Yeah. So I was actually also in South Korea uh, the first time I started hearing or learning about North Korea. I was doing an exchange semester in Seoul. And here... I was a part of a student organization who arranged a lot of different things like dinners together or cultural events or like, like okay, one weekend we go to another city or all these kinds of stuff. Also arranging parties together for all the exchange <laughs> students. So we had a lot of fun in this group together. And then one day we got an email for this group like, okay, now we want to do a tour to North Korea. Does anyone want to join? And at this point, the only thing I knew about the country was basically that they had a leader who was named Kim Jong-un and they are often in the media because of their nuclear weapons, right? 
but because I was uh, on exchange and just said yes to anything, I also said yes to going to North Korea. And actually, the fun thing is that you don't just like, you cannot be in South Korea and just go a bit north because we actually had to go all the way around it to China, can cross the border between North and South Korea. So uh, the first time as a tourist... Is it something that is like... Not possible. Yeah, not possible to do. Unless they have, like sometimes, also last year, they had uh, like family gatherings between uh, family who have the same blood and same family name, but haven't seen each other since the Korean half island was, or peninsula was uh, divided, right? So sometimes they do these family gatherings and at those times they cross the border, but no tourists, no officials cross it there. They always go through China. Okay. So it was like pretty spontaneous. Yeah, it was like a few weeks before departure. We I signed up for this tour and I really didn't know what to expect also because, as I said, I didn't know much about North Korea. I didn't go to South Korea because I had a specific fascination about South Korea or North Korea, Korean in general, just because that I wanted to go far away from Denmark. So It's always a good thing. You yeah. want to go far, you find yourself. <laughs> True. Well, at least I... But, can be that I found myself because it ended up being a part of the my present, right? So yeah, on those, that tour, I was like, whoa, this is... Like, I was only five days in North Korea. Mm-hmm. And when I came back, it was such... It's so different from what you hear about it, but not in a way that it's super normal, right? It's still so far from anything I could imagine. But what I experienced in North Korea is not nuclear weapons and brainwashed people, but it's mm. still so far away from anything else I had seen. So therefore, I talked with the travel company who arranged that tour, if I could be a tour leader for them, because I just wanted to go again. And I know that I couldn't afford to go again and again, just pay my own tour. And, and they said, like, sure, but then you need to find some people who want to join that tour you're joining, right? And fine. So when I came back to Denmark, started like saying, talking about my experiences in North Korea and said, so if you want to join one day, let me know because yeah, then I we can go. go. Back. Yeah. <laughs> and then one year later, I brought like 10 people. Wow. Um, yeah. And then I got my tour paid. Right? I was also truly on the tour. So a lot of preparation. Then when I came back, I wanted to go again. So I basically did the same thing, but it took me one and a half year to find only six people this time. And that was also because there was something like a lot of nuclear testing from North Korea side and people got afraid to go there. And I was mm. like, but it's not dangerous. I'm following the actual situation, but what you hear in the media is not the reality, right? It's part of it. Was it hard to kind of preach to people that it's safe? Then? Yeah, because at that time I also, like, how sure can I be? Because at that time I had only been there twice. So, right, it's it could be me just being naive or something like that. Well, it's safe because I survived twice or, like, I didn't see any dangers twice. <laughs> I like the fact that you used the word survive. Yeah, because that's what people, they said to me at that time, right? Hey, you came back and you survived. And I was like, yeah, of yeah. course I survived. But, like, that fact to say it's not dangerous to go is a bit easier when you have been there 10 times as I have now, right? Like, I see. It's like... I'm, I am actually following the situation very closely and I've been right 10 times now. How was your first feeling or impression when you crossed that border? Did you remember the feeling? Yeah, that yeah you had? actually, when we first crossed, I was really scared because uh, I had heard all these stories about like what could happen in North Korea. And then uh, uh, the first thing when you cross the border to North Korea is then there come some soldiers and like investigate your luggage. So, like they open your luggage to check if you have anything you cannot bring, Yeah, which happens to a lot of border zones around the world where like there's military just checking the luggage but because i did not know about the country and because all i've heard is that it should have been dangerous then the, when the first thing you see is a soldier then you're like okay it is really dangerous right? but it was like three minutes later the soldier he started smiling and asking <laughs> us questions so i realized okay 
I'm not it's scared safe. anymore. Yeah, I'm safe. It's not. He's just doing his job basically, right? So um, even though I was super scared, it didn't last for long. From there on, I think my feeling was more like I really wanted to absorb everything, right? Because it was so different, so new. But I also knew that if I needed to tell something about this, then I need to be like really have seen something, right? Like you felt that you had the need to share what you have seen. Yeah, already. Like from the first moment, I was like uh, looking for every detail, right? Like okay, because I knew that if I started explaining about a North Korean soldier opening my luggage, they would ask more about it. <laughs> yeah. Or at least my mom would ask more about it. So I needed to be sure that I could explain her. How did your family react? Were they like a little bit scared for you when I was going? Before, when yeah. you arrived, and after you came back? When um, before going, I didn't call my mom until I had paid. I actually started calling my sister. She was the first one and she has been traveling a lot. So I was like, hey, sis, I have this opportunity to go to North Korea. Do you think I should do it? And she was like, yeah, sure, just go. It will be an amazing experience and sure. And then I signed up and then I called my mom and said like, okay, mom, I'm going to North Korea. And she was like, are you sure? I'm like, yeah, I already signed up. So, okay, uh, luckily. That's a good strategy. <laughs> yeah, better. Hey, some call it better ask for forgiveness than permission, right? Exactly. But. I actually think that if she has forbidden me to do it, I probably have, like followed her word. But she wasn't. She was just surprised. And luckily, if before we were going to North Korea, she was actually also visiting me in South Korea. That was planned like a long time ago. So she knew that we would see each other, and she could check that I was not going mentally insane <laughs> or anything like that. And how did it transform your eye as a traveler? First of all, at that time, I haven't been traveling a lot actually. Like I think that going to South Korea was the first time I went outside Europe. Oh, okay. Okay, I've been to Italy every year for 20 years, something like that, right? But it's not the same kind of travel. Exactly. So therefore, I'm, I felt that I was not really a traveler, as people sometimes identify themselves. So it, I think that it was the start of this traveling journey, realizing how big the world actually is. Like, I have been in Italy thinking, oh, I have been traveling and I know how the world works. But five days in North Korea, you realize that this is so far from anything I could have imagined or could have heard. So if this is so far, how many things or how many experiences around the world is hidden in, like, I wouldn't say secret, but in the dark or like yeah. where where people don't know. It changes totally your perception of Definitely. people and places. Definitely. So what did you like the most about being in North Korea, apart from the music, mm. the food and the outfits? <laughs> I think that uh, what I liked the most about my first tour was that I realized that it's also people living there, right? Like there are 25 million people living in North Korea and some, in some way they make their life, like they also have an everyday life. And I had a conversation with a woman at some point and she explained how her son has just learned how to swim. And I realized, okay, this is a really normal thing, but that's not what you hear in North Korea or about North Korea. So what I liked the most was realizing that there's also people there. What I liked most about like the country itself but if I cannot, I really like Korean food, but that's both in South and North Korea, but I was not allowed to say food. Is it hmm. pretty similar or you have specific dishes as well? Korean food Korea? or? Yeah, the food is similar from South to North. Oh, really? But, uh, no difference? They, well, there are some differences, but that's like when you... There's kimchi on both sides. Yeah, kimchi <laughs> on both sides, bibimbap on both sides, uh, Korean barbecue on both sides. Okay. What else? Uh, and the kimbap language? Also. What? Is the language the same? Yeah, but the North Korean language hasn't developed as much as the South Korean for the last 70 years. So the North Korean language is more traditional. Yeah. They use they would use more like comrade instead of friend. And also, you greeted me today by saying Annyeonghaseyo. Yeah, Annyeonghaseyo. <laughs> which is in, in North Korea, they always say, say Annyeonghaseyo. 
which is the more traditional way to say hello. So you you know how to speak both. I actually don't know how to speak any fluently, but I know how to greet each other in both languages. But also a lot of things are very similar, right? They would understand Anyoaseo in North Korea also. Then I have started learning now. I take Korean courses and I'm getting better and better. Cool. So, yeah. I tried once. Yeah. When I was in Paris, I, mm. I took my classes. Let's go and learn. Yeah. How many times did you go? Well, I went three times and after I stopped. Oh, But why? I should have stayed longer because... Definitely. But it's a beautiful language, definitely. Yeah. So how do you, North Koreans, what is your perception of South Korea? North Koreans' perception yeah. of South... I think that they all feel they are one people. Like, one people, one blood, one culture is... And one language also, they say, okay. often. So they also refer to Koreans who live abroad as one, like, they are people. That's interesting. Yeah. So if you ask a North Korean guide, usually we, that's the ones we ask this question. is like, how many people live in Korea? Then they would say, in total, wait, they would say in total, like, 80 million, 45 million below the border, 25 million above the border, and 10 million abroad. Yeah, that's 80. And then we're like, okay, so our question was actually how many people are living in North Korea? And then, of course, it was answered in the mm. same way. But they believe that it's one country. They are just, like, temporarily split. So they feel that the South Koreans are also their people, to answer your question. <laughs> <laughs> answered. I would like to talk about your mindset when you founded your Above startup. borders. Yeah. Yeah. Repeat it well. Above borders. Yeah. yeah. People, it's above borders. Exactly, Yeah. <laughs> Okay, we have to explain why it's so important <laughs> for me. It's because I had one week and it was last week. Every day a new person wrote it or said it to me in a wrong way. So you also did this wordplay above borders and beyond borders, which is really nice. I like it. But that day specifically, I didn't because it was another person who has on by accident called our company beyond borders. So I was like, please remember above borders, right? Explain why you <laughs> called it that way. Then. Yeah, actually... Um, Before choosing that name, I had another name. The name was, do you know, if you go like broad, if it's called a white in English, right? So it's, instead of long, you can also go white. Uh, and then I wanted to like have a deep insight into uh, a country. So what I wanted to call the company originally, because I all did this like brainstorming on text and mm -hmm. I thought it was really cool. I wanted to call it white site. But if you say that quickly, it sounds a bit too racist. White side. White side. I'm only looking on the white side, right? Well, that could be a market. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so the first time I introduced my company's name, White Side, to three people, they said, Jonas, you can really not call your travel company that. <laughs> It's uh, good to have feedback. Yes, it definitely. So I changed it. And Above Borders is really something, like when it came to me, that name, it was like, for sure, like, why not? Uh, like, why haven't I realized this before? Because what we really want to do with this travel company is to... Not necessarily like uh, wash away borders, but it is like when we talk and explore a country, talk to people in this country or explore the culture, we don't care about like what borders are there or like we are not raised above them because we of course still respect that it's two different countries, but that's not the issue politically or like war zones. Or, or The thing is that we want to go above that, right? Physically we, above. Yeah. Okay. Physically above borders, but also... Like mentally, because when I'm talking to a North Korean person, we're not thinking about the borders mm. between us. We are thinking about, yeah, we are going both above it, right? And that's the same thing when we go to other destinations yeah, also. Definitely. So yeah, that's why the name okay. is. And you don't go only to North Korea, by the way. No. You have a selection of destinations. Yeah, right now we have three destinations in total. So that's Turkmenistan and Russia also. And, and your favorite is North Korea, I guess. Well, 
I don't have a favorite country, but oh. the travel company started with North Korea and I'm like the true leader going there. I was also both in Russia and Turkmenistan this year. Russia is really new for us, but there we will be, short story is 20 years ago or like 15 years ago, my grandmother, every summer she had children from orphanage homes in Russia living at her for like six weeks. And they were my age. So every summer I was like playing football with them, everything, right? Like six weeks every summer. And uh, of course they became my friends. And at that time I did not know they were like orphanage homes from really bad standards of living. Because in my mind, like I was only six years old or like seven, eight, nine, ten. It's just like friends and we were just playing, right? But then when I grew older, I actually realized what, like, why they were there. And when I was young, I couldn't speak with them because they didn't speak Danish. And of course, me as a six-year-old didn't speak Russian. So we just, like, found mutual things to enjoy. But now as I grow older, I realized, okay, what is, like, what life they come from and what a different life it is from what we had at that time and what, what kind of life I still have now. So I'm really proud that we now can actually arrange tours there, go talk with them, go meet with them. And all who travel with us will also meet some of the people I played football with that time, right? And then in that way, they can understand their life because a Russian life is not only going to Moscow or to St. Petersburg and see all the big churches. It's like Russia is the biggest country with 11 time zones. So yeah. there's much more to that story. So that is also why I think it's a really good destination for us to go there. Turkmenistan also, so the thing is that... I don't know anything no, about Turkmenistan. And people often don't because it is such a... Kind of really close. Yeah, it is, and it's also a small country, like 5 million people. 80% of the country is desert and no one is in war with them. People don't <laughs> suffer there. Like, they're actually a neutrality country. Interesting point. Yeah. No one is in war with them. Yeah. Well, that's why, like, North Korea often become, like, mentioned in the media because there's, like, not, not as they are in war, but... When they tension. fire this, yeah, exactly, tension around it. Where Turkmenistan is really just neutral, or like they even call themselves the neutrality country. And they also have a lot of money, and the government owns all the oil and gas, which is what the government earns their money on, and they ensure that, like, people are fine. But there are so many weird stories to the country. For an example, weird the capital... Stories? Yeah, I will, I will give you an example. <laughs> the country was a part of Soviet Republic before, like, until 1991. And then they become their own state again. And then the first president, he was like, okay, now we need a beautiful capital to show the world that our country is also beautiful, right? And we have everything going quite well. So what he liked was marble. And he said that we should build every building in the city out of marble. Really? So they did. It's the highest city with highest density of marble, 98%. It must be beautiful. It is. It's really white. <laughs> And uh, you are only allowed to drive a white car in the city. So everything is oh, really, really super okay. white. It's really directed. Okay. Yeah. And people as well, do they put colors oh, on Oh, yeah, well, they put colors on their clothes and stuff like that. But every building, every car you see is just white wow. in the capital. So it's, it's like, it's not something you can really, as you say also, it must be beautiful, right? It's not something you say that's really bad for everyone to live in a marble city. But it's just weird. Yeah. Right? Like also out in the desert, they have this, it's called the gates to hell. Where 50 years ago, some Soviet uh, researchers, they found uh, some toxic gas below the earth. And they said, it's really important to get this gas away. Yeah. So what they wanted to do is to set it on fire and then it should disappear. So they set it on fire and it started burning, of course, because when you fire yeah, up gas, <laughs> it starts burning. Reaction. And then uh, after a few days, they said, oh, don't worry, it will like stop burning soon. But now, 50 years later, it's still burning. And it's like a big crater, 50 meters in diameter, like like from one side to the other of the wow. hole. And it's just burning like unstoppable. 
Is it possible to see that, for example, on yeah. the internet or something? Yeah, like well, that? if you join a tour, we can see it also. <laughs> go to aboveborders.net and go to Turkmenistan and you'll find a picture. But you can also just search on Google called Gates to Gate, Hell. Gates to Hell, okay. And then we overnighted in camps next to the hole or like the gate to hell. <laughs> that is kind of an interesting experience also. Let's talk a little bit about your mindset as a founder. Sure. How do you feel about that? Is it something you're, you feel it easy as a role or as a position? Well, what I find easy is to wake up in the morning and start doing what I want. because I like that answer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, because that it's way more fun and it's way more interesting and intriguing now than what I used to do. But what I find difficult is that there is no answer to what you want to do. You cannot check if it's the right or wrong thing you did because you will never know if you took another decision it would have, it have been better and sometimes it's some quite crucial decisions and it has actually some effects to someone right it's in the beginning especially yourself but i find it fun mm -hmm. to be a founder i i also think that you I enjoy it i really enjoy it i enjoy it every day now but i also on every day i have like some it's like a roller coaster every single day like some I can be like the heaviest guy in the morning because I'm like, okay, now I'm going to do this. And then in the evening, go to bed being like, whoa, <laughs> everything is going to crash within a week. But it demands it's not. a lot of toughness. It can, at least, right? But yeah, it's also fun. Do you have a team, by the way? <laughs> yeah, we are right now three partners uh, where one is like, he is right now the primarily two leader to Turkmenistan, one girl who is the primarily two leader to Russia, and me being the two leader to North Korea. And then we also have like different roles when we're not traveling. Okay. And then we have a super awesome, he is right now an intern, but basically he's doing all our communication and social media. And he is really helping us spreading the stories because what I find also difficult, as you can hear, I can talk a lot. Right? But <laughs> I didn't sense it. <laughs> I'm allowing you to talk. Yeah, thank you. But that's that, the point of it. True, that's true. <laughs> But this would also work if it was just a normal conversation. Usually I... You don't think it's a normal conversation? Indeed, but... Okay, uh, let's put... Okay, okay, okay. Let me say it like this, Kiva. If on. it was a really a normal conversation, I would have been asking more about your life, right? But you can. Okay, you well... You can. That's, Definitely. Uh, that's what we should do I right now. I think that... Yeah. As you know now, I send themes to my guests and mm -hmm. and it can totally expand. Like we have already like literally talked about your passion okay. of it. So we cool, can, cool. You can. Uh, yeah. And that's another thing I also find very difficult. It's to um, always understand people's expectations of something, right? Imagine but you have to understand your expectations. No, that's another thing. But if you create something, right? Like in my case, we create tours. Mm -hmm. In your case, you create right now a podcast or a conversation in which is being recorded at least thank you <laughs> <laughs> you want this conversation to be the best possible thing that can also be it's great conversation because we were like really not talking about anything or like going in total opposite direction but as you want to deliver something good mm -hmm. then you put your own expectations higher even though that other people would still be satisfied and that is something which can be even more exhausting because you are working so hard sometimes on a lot of details which is not important or sometimes you're working on details which can be super important but you think they are not because that's not what you wanted it to be or mm. whatever and that's difficult because especially when you're doing something new you cannot say what yeah, is the know. best possible outcome and how do you balance that with the people who actually pay and join for your tours 
you have uh, conversations with them before preparing them? Yeah, both before doing and after. And luckily, I'm like with them 24/7 on the tour. So really, yeah, because we always you have stay a tour at the same place yeah. all the time. We always travel around in groups together. Okay. Also because in North Korea we're not allowed to do anything else. Mm. But the concept is also when you go to Russia that the tour leader go with your group because the tour leader is helping our travelers to understand the destination they are visiting. Nice. So I get pretty uh, immediately feedback, so to say, if something is not good or if something is good. And how you deal with that when things are not that positive? As a person, I never experienced that because everything has been awesome so far. No. Well, <laughs> you're the uh, lucky one. <laughs> no, I well, I think that um, it really depends on if it's something which is bad that I felt that I should have done something to, then I have a tendency to become pretty angry at myself, right? Like, or not like angry, like pushing, <laughs> punishing myself. Not not something like that, but I feel like, come on, you could, you could have done better. If it's something going bad because it was like out of my hands or out of anyone's hands, basically it's no one's fault, but it just happened, like a broken tire or something like that. Like, how can you prepare for that unless, like, you can of course have some gear in your bus so that's fine but in those cases i'm usually pretty patient nice the mindset to have joyful and patient yeah yeah but impatient if it's myself (laughs) right so now you have been going there several times but how have all those travels transformed your decisions as a leader as a founder do you feel that Uh, the more you go there the more you change your strategy uh, yeah well not necessarily strategy, but more and more I realize what actual impact we are about to like create on this world. One thing is that I said from the beginning with our name that we want to go above borders, but also then we had our tagline that has also been redefined a lot of times. But as of now, it's above borders, we open up the real world because we actually want to show you what the real world is like. That is not just something we say, it's actually something we do. And I realize for each tour, the more and more people we bring that we give them and lifetime experience but also the people we meet in these destinations we also change their like perception of the outer world and being this facilitator of allowing people to understand each other more and also to realize some things they couldn't have realized in any other way that's pretty good i think it's a powerful place to be really i agree or like like, i don't know if one day i'll have a tour you will always be welcome thank you if we go to north korea also on the other tours, of course. <laughs> <laughs> what I mean is that the fact that you can be the in-between and you see the reaction of the people who land yeah. for the first time, it must be like totally mind-blowing to see how they transform yeah. into much more, I don't know, flexible people. Yeah, flexible people. Also, they, one quote from one traveler was once that like we were in the train on our way back and people were really tired and he was like, Jonas, we've only been away for like four days, but it feels like a month. I was like, yeah. <laughs> I agree. And it's like, he meant it, of course, in a positive way. Like, not it has been too long, <laughs> but it has been like so many things happened. So many, like his mind changed about so many things. It has been, he didn't even know where to start, right? That was amazing. Yeah. So. Do you feel proud about that? Definitely. Like, I really feel that what we do is meaningful. Not only are we a travel company, right? Like, we just want to earn money of people having a, like, sangria at a beach somewhere. But <laughs> We actually do something yeah. meaningful. And how does it go with the political scene? I know it's not easy to make contacts. When you began, mm. certainly it must have not been that easy to decide to bring people. How did it work? Was it complicated? Uh, yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah. Yes and <laughs> you no. You can do it in Danish as well. <laughs> no, 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 no. Like uh, it's because I'm thinking how difficult it actually was. Because from the beginning, it mm-hmm. looked really difficult. There has been some really difficult situations. Like one thing is that the North Koreans don't like to negotiate when they are not face to face. So imagine this between my third and fourth tour, where we had mm-hmm. to agree on the prices, and they just said, "Well." Just bring the people, then you can know the prices next time you come, right? But I won't like, know <laughs> the prices because that's just one example of... But So looking back, it wasn't that difficult, but there has been difficult situations. I don't know. Well it was totally worth it. That's what I mean. Okay. Were they like open to bring mm, people from other countries in if North, North Korea? Korean, yeah. yeah, because like our partner there, he is working in a travel company, like local travel company, and they, what they want is also to bring as many tourists as possible. Okay, so they're open to opening more the country. The yes, country. they want to have more tourists, but they still want it to be within their terms. I see. And that's always the thing, because what we would then want to do is like, we want to visit schools, we want to... Like last month, we biked on the countryside of North Korea. And the first time I suggested that to our partner, he was like, no, that's not possible. But because we actually know each other now and like he knows that above borders, what we stand for is not that we just want to, like we don't make want to offend, or, yeah, yeah, make any complications or offend anyone. We are here to actually learn from their side mm-hmm. because we believe there's much more to the story, right? So because he now knows that, then we can actually do, go bike on the countryside of North Korea as an example. So, yes, they are really interested, but they want it to be in their terms. And do and you hear about anything concerning politics, or is it something that is not part of the conversation? No, we hear a lot about it, actually, and they, especially the guides are really interested because they hear, of course, a lot from their internal media, but they don't have any access to foreign media stations, right? Oh. So every time there has been like a meeting with Trump and Kim Jong-un, for example, mm-hmm. they want to know what we have heard about that meeting. <laughs> How funny. Yeah, it's really interesting. <laughs> I hope you give the right information. <laughs> yeah, we tell them what we have heard. Yeah, they and have had amazing times and talked and chat and have hugs. <laughs> yeah, and then they tell us what they have heard and that's usually different. Definitely. Yeah, but that's also interesting. One thing that I'm, I'm surprised about is your resilience. My what? Resilience. I don't even know what I mean. Resilience. resilience. Your capacity to, to stay strong, whatever the ah, atmosphere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you're pretty young. Thank you. Oh, do you know how old I am? I sense you're pretty young. That's good. Unless if it's... Uh, because some people can also seem very young because they're not, they are inexperienced, right? Like, you are so young. Like, that that can be a, a offending someone. Oh. But it's not offending not in, me. Not in my... No, 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 no. I like to be called young. Do you think it's an asset, for example, when you have to make neg- negotiations and everything as a young father? Yeah, but some... Like the first time I was a tour leader in North Korea, I was three, 23 years old. I was uh, a tour leader for another company, right? But mm-hmm. I was still the tour leader. Okay. And some of the people, they were like one in the group was um, older than 50 years old, right? So right there, first time being a tour leader, only second time in North Korea, I suddenly had the responsibility for an, in my mind, really adult person in one of the world's most isolated countries, right? And one thing is that even though I knew that nothing would happen and that I have super much confidence in myself for the tour, they might won't have because the fact that's, that I'm only half the age, right? So at that those times, it's bad if they, if they had that perception, but actually like that person okay. didn't, but it could have been. 
Do you feel that students who come out of school and who wants to have a job, like a full-time job, be willing to create their own companies? I think that more young people should be, not necessarily create their own company because it's not always fun. It's not always, can also be really exhausting. And I think there's a lot of other things in life that like you should do what you'd like to do, in my mind. But what you'd like to do can also be that you'd like to be secure financial, for example. So if you like to know where how you pay rent next month, then go find a job. And ideally, you also li like to do that job. But it's really different what is good for people to do. And I think what is most important is that people find out what they like to do and then do that. And do you feel that you have found your path? Yes. Um, I, That's a direct answer. Yes. Yes. <laughs> do you feel like you have found your path now? No. Why not? I'm on my way of it. Okay. What is the steps to find your own path then? Fall, get back up and uh, face it. <laughs> How many times do you have to fall and get back up and there's face no, it? There's no limit. You can actually have a, a brilliant career and fall at 30 or 40 and, uh, then you and are start over new, again. Yeah, then new direction. and then But by that logic, even though that I thought now that I would have found my right path, mm -hmm. then I could fall, not literally, but fall tomorrow and then start a new path and then i would also believe i have now found my own path right yeah so by that logic i probably haven't found it but at the same time i think i'm in the in the right in the most right direction i have been ever cool is that yeah, some way to phrase that and Good. would you see yourself working i would say elevating above borders for 10 years more yeah I believe that above borders will never stop exist. Above borders will forever keep changing the world. Wow, um, that's that's a huge statement. Yeah, I'm gonna put a tagline on that. You're welcome to, because I believe every word of it. I don't believe that I will for every year for the next 50 years travel to North Korea 10 times a year, because I also want to pursue other dreams. But I can definitely imagine me doing that for some years, and I could also imagine that I go to North Korea once a year for the next 50 years, for example. And you have an ad another destination, like crazy one you'd like to go. Yeah, like me personally or yeah. us as a company? Both. Both, because you're the founder mm. and you're a lead, a, I, a total lead. I really want to... Um, there are many uh, African countries that I would like to visit because I a lot of people who I've heard who has visited there has met some really interesting people and also people who really work hard for their cause, whatever that might be. Mm -hmm. At the same time, I also really want to... There's uh, this country called Syria. You've probably heard about it. Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah. And uh, some tourists started going You're there. You're funny. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I like to be fun. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Syria. Uh, yeah, Syria, because some people have started going there. And they say... Like, the tourists who's been there say different things than what you hear in the media. At the same time, it also feels a bit like they have only seen a very, very tiny part of that country. And I believe that the country is still too dangerous to visit, actually. Uh, and It's I, way too recent. Like, yeah. things are still exactly. on fire, in a way. Exactly. And I don't want to risk my life. So where we travel is not dangerous. I see. Where I personally travel is not dangerous either. Because one thing is like risking my own life, but I would never risk any other's life, right? But I find it so fascinating that what you hear from the country, from the people who has traveled there, is so different from what you hear when you haven't traveled there. Because that's a bit similar to our experiences in North Korea. And in Turkmenistan, no one has heard about it. But what we hear about it is way different 
than hearing nothing. So right now, that's really interesting to me, but still not right now. How do Danish people react to a company such as Above Borders? They either go one of two ways, where one way is, wow, that's interesting. I could really totally imagine me going on a tour with you one day and say, fine, you're welcome to join. Of course, they will not join right, right away because it's a big tour and life happens for people. The other direction is doing, why do you support a regime like North Korea? Don't you know that they torture all their people, right? <laughs> Two sides of a coin. Yes, exactly. And it, the interesting thing is that all people has usually an uh, an opinion when I mention North Korea, but everyone has no opinion when I mention Turkmenistan, for example. And when I mention Russia, people are more neutral about it because they don't realize how big a country it is. They just think, yeah, well, Russia, fine. So yeah. So have you had a lot of Danish people taking the tour? So it's have a more international people now coming into your uh, most Dan- most Danish people because we have only been targeting Danish people actually okay. because I think one great thing about our tours is when only Danish people travel together they have a common uh, background like on a perception of the world and that perception is what we challenge so if they had were traveling in an international group they would be from 10 different perceptions mm-hmm. and then the same experience would make 10 different reactions which also could be really interesting But then one person, one person from Denmark, he would say, "Well, that's because they are from their country, right?" Like, but what we want to challenge is the way you live or like the way you see the world, which you do because where you come from often, or like that is at least a factor to it. Do you uh, intend to expand to other European countries or having like yeah. above borders Denmark, above hmm. borders France, above borders I don't know yeah. Spain or whatever? We want to have, as what you mentioned here in the, like above borders Denmark, above borders Sweden, above borders Germany. But we also want to do international tours. And next year already we'll do international tours where this group is open for everyone who wants to join. But how we will keep going is because we want the group to travel with people from their own country because they can also then speak with each other in their own language as is sometimes very helpful to understand. Because um, if you're traveling with someone where you have to talk in your not mother tongue, like usually it would be English, right? Yeah. then you are maybe bad at phrasing how you actually believe you're thinking or like you wouldn't get every word of the conversation. But to really understand and learn about such complicated situations which we explore, then it's really important that you understand everything and you will understand more if it's in your mother tongue. The block encountering another block yeah. in a way. Yeah, so to say. I never thought about that, really. Like being in a kind of a same mindset Yeah, because that's, as you and I are talking now, sometimes we have to, well, at least I know I have to look for the word because it's not like my mother tongue, it's not natural to me. And that's also sometimes, even though I find the word, it's maybe not the exact word I mean, but it's close enough. But then because you now hear it, what it actually means, and then you translate it back to your own mother tongue, there are so many ways it can be misinterpreted. I'm trying so hard not to think in French. (laughs) Exactly. There's you. And even if you don't think in French, then you would think the word in English as the way you have learned it from French. So that's why I think it's very important that if you really want to go deep on a topic, do it. Like It can help that if you do it in your mother tongue. Well, I'm all about mixing people. So. Well, of course, I'm also when I'm bringing people around the world. So, so if I have a tool, for example, how would it work? Would I be in a Danish group? Well, uh, we had an Italian on our last Danish group, right? But he was also living in Denmark. But if you signed up for a tour, I would recommend you to go on our international tour next year, right? 
because otherwise, if you traveled with nine other Danish people, then I'm I'm not ready yet. (laughs) Exactly. I'm not ready. Well, then in two years or four years, whenever you want to go. But it's not like you're not welcome on the Danish tour, but the Danish tour is promoted as being Danish tour. But we have open for everyone tours also, so to say. Nice. I know that you like talking about the stories afterwards. Yeah, you have read that. (laughs) I've seen some videos, I've seen some things. Um, What is your favorite thing? Well, the the funding video. That was really interesting. Thank you. I don't know how it went. Did you have the funds? No, we didn't win that competition. Oh, you but should all watch it. Yeah. I think yeah. I, I like the, the kind of humor that you use mm-hmm. as well. Playing about the stereotypes. Thank you. I also really, really had a lot. Of, it was a three minute video and we actually have to do it for this startup pitch competition, right? Where it's like really serious business and you we could win 10,000 euros. And what we try to do is to really tell the serious side of a business, but doing it... Uh, in a fun way. So in this video, we also talk about how we want, like, we put on a funny hat, but explain how we, through local partnerships in the world's most isolated country, actually make it possible for people to do stuff there. And is it difficult for you to pitch in front of investors, or they are pretty open to the topic? If we want to pitch in front of investors, their concern is usually that we are not scalable business, right? But What uh, do you mean scalable? Yeah, because we are not a SaaS platform, which can be having... 10,000 users because we need a two liter for each group. But yeah, it's something that is sure measure. Like, yeah, okay. but the thing is that we are actually one of the most scalable businesses in the world, if you ask me, because uh, there are so many countries in the world where we can travel to. And when we have arranged local partnerships all around the world, then we can start bringing people from other countries than Denmark, right? So yeah, that's true. Uh, how can you be more scalable than that? I think they heard it. <laughs> <laughs> to all the investors out there. <laughs> If you need investors, obviously. Yeah, we don't. Well, you don't need investors. Let me explain this way: like money is never a bad thing to get more of, right? And that's what we want with an investor. But it's not like other platforms or other startup companies. They usually have development time until they can actually, let's say, I don't know, a software company. They need to have the product developed. Therefore, they need money to hire those engineers. What we needed was people to sign up for our tour. And we don't have to pay for the tour before we're actually going. So what we would use money for is to promote uh, ourselves more and thereby getting there quicker. But You find it hard to talk about above borders. What is above borders, for example? We are the CSC. Is it difficult for you to make, to make people understand what you do? Uh, no, I don't think so, actually. it's uh, In the beginning, it was quite easy to just explain that we are a travel company. We arrange tours to North Korea. Right? But like that's the product of it. But what we actually do, like what what the value behind it is, we have been more sharpening. We have been sharpening that because people understand some way that they meet people, but now they also understand what values it comes, or like what benefit is from mm. meeting people in the world's most isolated countries. And you communicate in, in Denmark, but, but also in North Korea. Do you have like a mutual communication in both, in different countries? Yeah, be, like wherever we go, we always try to ensure that we meet local people as much as possible. Because if we want to understand a country and learn about like the everyday life of people there, then we also need to talk with people. We cannot just hear it from an official guide explaining how the life is. Have this is my belief, at least. Yeah. Have you ever had like some North Koreans who want to come and go to above borders to come here in Denmark? Yeah, actually, there was um, there. I have met a North Korean person in Denmark. He mm-hmm. was uh, from a brewing company in North Korea, and they went here. 
to a beer celebration festival. Uh, we were not the ones who arranged that, but um, we were invited to also talk with him and meet him because they find like this company is called Mikeller Beer, really a big beer brewery from Denmark. Like they also have bars and restaurants around the world, and they have this beer festival. So they invited North Korean beer company, and then they were possible to get visa because of cultural exchange, and so that was quite interesting. And I also have met a lot of people in North Korea, especially the ones who I've met more often than once, who say they would like to visit, but it's not possible right, for them. Oh, okay. But is this something that you would like to offer as well? The back and forth? Yeah, uh, I would love to. And we are also thinking about how it could be done. But from there to... But that's like when we s started thinking about how we can bike in North Korea, right? That we did nine months ago. First thought, can we bike there? The first answer was no, but nine months later, something happened. So when now we ask if we can bring North Korean to Denmark for a visit, they say no. But let's see what happens in a year, right? If you could sum up or tell me something about your favorite memory of North Korea, the most surprising one. Yeah. And you have time to think. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad. So one moment in North Korea. It's because what I want to explain is that some people I meet in North Korea I actually see them as my friends, right? Because I have met them several times and I ask them about their life. I know them as well as they know me and they know my life. So my best moments are those where I see them again because they are actually friends of mine, but it has been completely impossible for me to stay in touch with them since the last time I was at that specific place, if they are local guide or like working in a specific place. And I cannot call them in advance to say, hey, I'll be there next week, are you there? Because we don't have any connection to, like, communication. There's no exchange of numbers, nothing? Not to those persons. Like, the only contact I have is to our partners who help us, like, arrange okay. the tours. So when I meet a new person and he or she becomes my friend, I'm always happy when I see them again. And those moments are, like, really simple because it's usually just, like, a smile and they say, hi, how are you? But you can see that they also recognize you and they are happy to see you. So yeah, those are my best moments when those happens. Okay. And they happen once in a while, even even more often now because there are more people I know. Can you give the name of someone? I can. <laughs> Her name is Miss Kim, <laughs> but 50% in uh, North Korea is named Kim because that's, that's like the most common family name. And actually there are three Miss Kims, which I could give an example of. One of them is a tour guide. I have been working with her three times. She, on the last tour, saw me in the hotel lobby. Like I had no clue she would be there. And she was like, Jonas, Jonas, Jonas. Hi. And it's like, Oh, Miss Kim, how are you? I'm good. I'm really good. How are you? And like, then we're just talking there for, I don't know, 30 minutes or something like that. And okay, see you, maybe see you next time, right? And I can't possibly know when that will be because even though my next tour is in two or three months, it's not sure that I'll meet her in the hotel lobby, right? And have you ever like entered a family of one of those friends, go to dinners or... Uh, no, because always when we are on the tours, we are with the group, right? So I am eating with the group. But when you're not, for example, there with a tour? Then I haven't been there. I have always been there only with a tour. Okay. And would you like to be more close with those people? Like a real immersion? Yeah. yeah. Immersion. Uh, yeah, because they are friends of mine, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so what sometimes is a bit, I wouldn't say like scary or like, it's also sometimes when I come home and then I start explaining about how these people, I feel they are my friends. Then... Some people question that and say, Jonas, don't you think they just act this way because they are brainwashed and they want to you to feel they are friends? And then I'm like, 
well, if you have that mindset to every new person you meet, they're just friendly because they want to take advantage of you. Well, that's, that's another very, definition of friendship. <laughs> yeah, a very unhealthy one, if you ask me. So yeah, I would like to. Uh, and that's also why every time we... Also because every time I meet a new North Korean and we get to know each other, the people who join our group tours and then they meet them, the North Korean people I know better, they can actually start explaining about their life to them. So that's a way, like that's a really intense personal way to learn about the North Korea. And we do the same thing in countries. And now saying we do this, like talking with people, it sounds so impersonal that it's a strategy to understand countries. Yeah. But it's actually not a strategy. It's just what we're really good at. And that's what we have found out. That's how I personally understand a country if I talk to people. And it's a skill as well. Uh, yeah, but using it as a skill sounds so strategic. Uh, like, do you well, know what I mean? I'm not you talking. Have soft skills. True. Yeah, but I'm not. I'm not talking with them to use it as a skill. I'm talking with North Koreans because I actually care about them. What I mean is that your capacity to talk with them and have your own kind of immersion in those countries for you as a founder is a skill. Whatever happens. I agree. Like an asset. I agree. So what did you bring as a yes. gift? Not a gift, as Not a, a gift. share. I should have brought a gift for you because I did that last time actually, but I will give you a gift later because uh, you're close, so I'll find you. <laughs> Anyway, well, we are not that close. We have like yeah, not now. 60 what, centimeters. <laughs> the object that I brought, which is uh, my object to, how was the wording, keep me grounded and who it, which inspires me, is actually something I always wear. Mm -hmm. So I was not afraid to bring it, but it's my necklace, which has a cross in it. Can I see it? Yes, you can, of course. Here. It's really simple. And it's I not think I've seen it on the video. Can be. Yeah, and I, it's true. I, I thought about it like, You have it. I saw it in two, three videos. You had it like... Out? Yeah. yeah. But it's not because I'm... Well, I was baptized and I also had my confirmation Christian. Uh, but it's not because I'm religious, actually. I'm wearing it. It's because that it was gifted to me from my family. And my family are the ones who... Like those values that I care in life is the values that I learned and taught from my family. And each time I'm like, if it's either going a bit too fast or I'm a bit too concerned about something, and then I some way like see this, I think about like my family, like what would they have done? What had they taught me? What, what are actually also the most important thing to me is my family. It's not about how many people joined our next tour so I could earn some money. It's uh, like my family. So that's why that is the most important thing to me. Cool, I like that. Which object did you bring? Nothing. Just picture of it, right? I have an object in Paris. Well, but as I cannot time travel like that, that easily. Maybe that should be a tour from us, right? Time traveling. Time travel. I'm fascinated by time travel. Mm. First object, <laughs> then time traveling. Yeah. It's a, a book that someone offered me and it's related to China and North Korea. Let me share it with you. Yes, you can only see the cover, but it sends already, I would say, the hardships of the time back then. Looking forward to it. But <laughs> what is interesting is that also maybe you expected me to bring something from North Korea, right? Because that would be the topic of today. Yeah, I thought yeah. you'd bring something. Mm -hmm. I don't know, money or... Well, yeah. not money, but... but well, I could have. We have <laughs> yeah. like North Korean money at our office, right? So that... do, you have, do you have here one? I want to see one. Yes, I will show you one later. It's a really little book. It shows like the hardships of... Can you see it properly? Mm -hmm. Just the cover? Yeah, I can. I'm zooming in to see. And it the shows picture. the hardships of children working in the farms. So it was really interesting to see the rural kind of thing. 
next time I go to Paris, I'll bring it back. Good. So, I'm looking forward to seeing real life. But what I want to say is that the interesting part is, of course, you might think North Korea, because now we are going to have this talk and you are interested in hearing about North Korea. So you find an object which is related to this topic, right? But to me, especially because, okay, if you have asked me to bring an object from North Korea, of course I would have done that. But when you're asking me to find an object which relates to me, I'm not relating myself as a North Korean person, if that makes sense. No, it makes I, sense. Of course I'm not North Korean. It was right. just my assumption, mm-hmm. I guess. And that's and really um, interesting because sometimes I'm also getting referred to as the person, like the North Korean person, right? Mm, like I the see. North Korean guy or the guy who arranges to North Korea. But actually that's not what we do. Well, it's a part of what we do. So you don't want to be in that etiquette? No, because... Um, The purpose of this is not to open up North Korea, or it's not to learn people of North Korea, it's to do it about the whole world. But it's a pretty good place to start with the world's most isolated country. Yeah, that's true. Do you think one day, or very soon, North Korea and South Korea will be able to... Reunified? Yeah. I think not very soon. I think that communication is the right direction. And I think that over the last... It's getting better. Which is getting way better, like, In 2018, there were so many meetings, right, between the leaders of China, Japan, US, and North Korea and South Korea. But those meetings has also shown that it takes a lot of meetings before there just comes a bit of action. And that is why I say I don't think it will happen soon, but I think it will happen one day. But I also think that the longer time it takes, the more difficult it will be. So Because you said at the beginning that North Koreans believe that One people. Yeah, but as long as time it goes, right, the less people feel connected to South. Right now, or and also the opposite, right? Right now there are family families who still has family in South Korea, but next generation, the generation after that, will not have families. Well, they will maybe have a like third cousin, or but the longer times it takes. Right now, very few people in North Korea has tried to live in a reunified country. And the same for South Korea. So the young students in South Korea, they argue that why should we get reunified when it's so expensive for our part of the country, right? So therefore, I believe the longer time it takes, the more difficult it will be. Do you think that as far as adaptation is concerned, it will be harder for North Koreans to adapt? Or is it it's not a question of adaptation at all? The question is who should adapt, right? Because it's so different beliefs. Yeah. And who say... Even though that we believe that South Koreans have the best belief or like more similar belief to our, who yeah, say okay. that that is actually like the right way to live? I don't believe that North Korean version is the right way to live. But I believe that what is interesting is that in South Korea, uh, the suicide rate for young people is, is much higher than North Korea because people are actually getting depressed and stressed that they don't do yeah, well in school is... but in North Korea that doesn't happen like because they are being chosen to like they don't have to choose themselves what to study for example it's getting chosen for them but that also means they don't get stressed about it like I don't say that any of those things are good but I say that it's quite interesting that it's so different so who shall adopt to whom probably some middle way would be best right but I hope so we it's... have some North Korean K-pop <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that could be interesting. No K-pop, not free right now, but... There's no K-pop? Well, there's music, which is really interesting, but no K-pop. K-pop is not allowed to bring to North Korea right now. I see. Interesting. So what did you... Do you know any kind of genre that they listen to? All of their songs, all of their music has, like, national theme. So it's often about, like, how great a socialist country they are, or 
war battle which like they they have won or a love story about a Korean couple fighting for the nation and then they found each other in the end or something like this and they don't hear foreign music either so they are not allowed to hear foreign music are you sure they don't have like a black market where they I'm pretty sure change? they do have a black black market because that is what is like being reported and but it's super legal there well you know what if I come at a tour I'll ask please let me listen to your k-pop <laughs> Take a little notebook yes. and put a new word. Yeah. What should the topic be? There's no topic. The the word that comes into your mind. Okay. Whatever it is. The first word that comes into my mind. But that's already too late now because now I've been starting thinking about it. <laughs> Try to detach. Well, right now the word that comes into my mind is the same word before because now I can read it. Yeah, I will not tell it to you. <laughs> This is a challenging one. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm not ready. <laughs> I'm ready. Okay. I will just write that word. What was your first word? Now we're ready to say it. Yeah. Okay. Why? Why am now? Why is now the time to say it? Because we are we're closing very soon. <laughs> okay. I can tell you the word, which is I showed at the same time. It's really yeah, dramatic. Yeah, you can show like, me. My word is fun. Yeah. Yeah. The reason why? Should I say that? Yeah, okay, you can totally share. Obviously, the reason why was because it was the first thing that come to mind. But why this word often comes to my mind is because this is what I do believe in, that it has to be fun. It can also be fun when it's challenging, right? And so it's yeah. not like I'm meaning fun in a, you have to laugh every single moment. But, and that's actually referring to the second part you need wanted me to prepare, like a quote. And that is the quote, it has to be fun. Because if it's not fun, then why why should you then do it i agree as well so what it is your word yeah. oh we do it that way my first word oh how is, would you want to do it <laughs> i would give you like you do your words and i do my words but we can do like that my first word is kind yeah i sense a kind vibe that way uh, and for my part i sense it was a kind vibe so i it gives me like confidence as well talk carry on yeah that's good well you should also definitely have confidence in this uh, conversation Now I feel really bad actually because it's so ego centered what I'm been talking like. Hey, you are sending this kind vibe between us and having a nice conversation. You are even asking, or not asking, but saying that we are welcome to talk about both of us. But what yeah. we have been talking about is me, and that's interesting. Well, I have also guided you to speak, True. but you could have. You can, for example, let's finish the words, and you can try. You can. Send the, the the ball back like in tennis. So my first word is kind. <laughs> But I play badminton though. So okay, yeah. I just, I I prefer tennis. <laughs> really? But don't you know that tennis is actually just the easy way of playing badminton, because the net is lower and you can even have the ball hit the ground. Don't judge me. I prefer no, tennis. No, I'm not judging you. I'm judging the sport tennis. Good. Okay. Second word. You start this time. My second word is strength. Strength, yeah, the because strength I was thinking. Of, not the strength of the conversation. I felt like more and more you, you were kind of powerful, more and more. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, I also think that... I um, thought about fun, but I was like, okay, try to be... You really, you thought about fun? Yeah. Could have been fun if you have written fun. <laughs> I also think that, which is very useful for a lot of conversations, that you really have to try to make it uh, meaningful. Or like, not necessarily meaningful, because that sounds so spir spiritual. But if you really want to... It could be a good thing. That can be a good thing, but it doesn't have to... Like a conversation can also be strong, as you say, like if you want to learn something. Obviously. But 
you can't expect a conversation to start on the level you want it to be, if that makes sense. That's the point of this exercise, mm. because at the beginning and it's at the end, you just have this time travel thing. Yeah, which is also uh, maybe a bit connected with my second word, because this is like I wrote learn, because of course we've been talking about like learning about the country, but also because that I believe that when we're talking, we're learning something. And in the beginning, I was definitely not thinking about that because after 30 seconds of conversation, it's really rare that you have learned something. Like, because these first 30 seconds were silence, right? Yeah, we had a pause. <laughs> mm. So therefore, after conversation or after like... You Did you learn? feel that it was less funny or less in a no. low-key vibe? If this conversation wasn't funny? Or uh, no. <laughs> I definitely had fun. <laughs> But because you started with fun and you end with learn. So yeah, well, uh, I also think it's fun to learn something new, which is why I mean that I, fun can also be not just laughing. I agree as well. This is the manifesto kind of words. Yeah. So mine are kind, strength, and yours is fun, learn. So fun, far. Yeah. They are like 200 pages. You can even hear it. <laughs> because we're going to have a lot of people. <laughs> Rising the manifesto. Fun, learn. And kind strength. So, do you want to switch sides? Ah, uh, if I should interview you now. I don't know. Yeah. Because you're talking, you're saying that it's talking too much about myself. Yeah. But it's a good thing. Mm. Don't you like talking about yourself? Yes, and that's the problem, right? <laughs> no, I also really like to, as you hopefully have sensed, I like to learn about other people, right? The interesting, like the thing I have been wondering the most, so that I should ask you about that, is why are you in Denmark? Good question. Thank you. I think the main reason is purpose. The what? Sorry. The main reason yes. is purpose. Trying to find why am I on this earth and how funny it's Denmark that actually <laughs> pulled me. I was in Paris and I was feeling a little bit lost and questioning a lot what I was doing. I do love design. I always felt there was something more and maybe I could use it differently, but I never really like put a question in it. So now more, that I'm more here, what? There was more... I don't know. For example, this. I do like creating projects. And I feel um, there's something powerful that happens when two people work together. So I, I don't know how... I don't want to put any kind of title, but I feel there's something more. I cannot define it. And I'm looking to figure out what it is. But um, I'm here for that, to find some clues. Yeah, but isn't it weird that you don't want to put a title on it but you want to define it it's much easier to, to find stuff if you put a title on it did i say i want to put it i want to define it you said you want to define what i more don't is. want to define it okay i don't know what it is to every listener out there please go back one minute and listen if she actually said define <laughs> it i can't remember now what she actually said i'm sorry about that do you think that you are on the right path then in denmark why denmark also why did denmark pull you to Explore it was part more. of my shortlist. Yeah? Yeah. I like your bucket list, shortlist. Well, I had to, had three choices, main choices. The UK, but because of the Brexit, well, Not possible. I said oh. no. And then I had uh, Denmark and Sweden. I had interviews in both countries and I followed my heart because, I don't know, I had a really great interaction with the person I'm working with here. So that's why I chose Denmark. Denmark. I've always seen like it's a beautiful country from afar and it has beautiful values. So now I'm here, I can leave them and also see the challenges of them. 
Did it live up to your expectations? I didn't have any expectation. Well, I was literally coming like. But the expectations what else? of Denmark having a beautiful country and beautiful values. Oh, does it? F- it's even prettier. <laughs> The landscapes are beautiful. Uh, one thing is that I think it's a good choice not choosing Sweden because they are our rivals, right? So it's like <laughs> two football teams not liking each other. But actually, we cannot survive without each other. So I think that's pretty good. I would say officially, good thing that you chose Denmark unofficially. And as a travel company, I would say like, well, probably would have been the same thing. You okay. probably would have been happy both pla- like happy both places. That's the know. beautiful thing you. Someone were, told no, me no. that that um, Denmark was actually a good choice for me as a. At some point, we were even the happiest country in the world, right? That's yeah. something to go for. <laughs> but it's not easy to adapt, I guess. It takes a lot of time, and you have to be willing to put the effort. I feel that because Danes are happy, they don't necessarily want to change stuff. So if there is a foreigner coming here wanting to hear about him or learn about, it, they're like but we, are, we won't include you because then we are afraid that we will change stuff. So oh. it's easier just to go our own way. I see. An assumption I have of Danish people in general, but it's very prejudice-ish to do that. But I can do it because I'm Dane myself. I wouldn't dare. No, no especially not. not if it's being recorded, right? Like <laughs> It's really dangerous. You know what? I can still cut it. Boom. But I can't. So it's even more dangerous for me. Really living on the edge, going <laughs> above borders. But that's okay. So... If you could have changed time, would you then have chosen another country now, like Sweden? <laughs> if I could go back in time and change things now that I would you know then have gone is. to Denmark again? That's a good question. I think I would have kept Denmark. Yeah. I think because the solutions and questions that actually arise in this country, I don't know why. I guess context is really important. I don't think that they would have had such deep impact in another country. It's just weird because it's not only about the country, it's about the people as well and how I feel here. I think that good things come out of it inside of me, but I don't know what, how it will grow, but I feel there's something that can be created here and I cannot explain why. For example, when I speak Danish, because I don't speak Danish, but they actually give me sentences to say back. Try to say something. Tak for meal. <laughs> Means uh, thank you for the dinner. Yeah, great. Oh, so I understood. That's a good thing. Yeah, people say that I I do have the way I speak can be close to a Danish, but um maybe I'm wrong. True. But, but um, I would just your French that. accent is not that strong as other French people. Well, that's a good thing. Okay, let's just little have a little segment. French people can speak English. <laughs> I didn't question that. No, for other people. Because like ah. it's like, okay, French people don't know how to speak English. But some do. Some I do. hope they'll even improve more. You speaking Danish and some people say that your accent is... Like you speak the same way as Danish people do. Pretty close. Yes. Not all the time, but... um. Pretty close. Maybe I was here a few lives before, but I feel like a connection. So I don't know where it comes from, but it does. Voila. I like that. What did you think about the um, the overall experience? Um, you can be brutal. It in was the, the worst experience ever. Oh, thank God! <laughs> I'm really sad that I spent so. If I could go back in time and change one thing, it would be saying yes to this podcast. Oh. <laughs> no, it's well. a joke, Kiva. It's a joke. I know you seem yeah. to be funny. 
but people are not laughing, right? Well, we don't have an audience. That's normal. You want me to add people <laughs> would, laughing? It would have been really awkward if there were like 20 <laughs> people sitting in here not laughing right now. So um, I think it's good. I think what I really like is to talk to people. What I also really like when it's not intentional, like we need to get this out of whatever we are talking about. I'm going to say this. Uh, so yeah, I enjoyed it. I'm also sitting in a comfortable chair, so that's good. <laughs> Last I time I was interviewed, I did not sit up with my like without my shoes. Where were you? Office chair, so to say. Oh. In a more no, no, not not in a like it's in, like it could have been a school class chair. I want it to be cozy. Yes. In order for you to speak and talk. What would have like it's because I'm a Dane, right? So it would have been nice with a beer. Then we would have be, really been cozy. Oh, well, you would have gone with a beer and I would have had... No, no, but it would also... <laughs> it would have been weird me drinking alcohol only. Or what would you have been drinking? Uh, rosé. Oh, yeah, that's alcohol. That's fine. Maybe alcohol, but it's yeah. still alcohol. True. Yeah. It's alcohol, definitely. Well, I also drink wine. <laughs> I don't know what my point would... Oh, being more comfortable. Yes. But Do you have any advices for the next person or the next time? The part where you write, you can bring wherever you want. <laughs> Uh, emphasize it okay i'll put a huge type yeah and you think it's it's interesting to bring something uh, yeah it's interesting what people uh, choose because sometimes it can help understand where people are coming from or or like what they think in general also because if they don't really care about whatever they bring if it, they will be like yeah i brought a water bottle because i drink a lot of water during the day it will be like okay so you're a person who thinks that way about stuff in general that's also really interesting. Don't putting so much value to any object at all. So yeah, therefore I think it can be interesting. Notice that future listeners or what they bring. I want people to bring something that matters, and it shows a lot about the person behind the title, behind the the company. True. Yeah. Thank you for opening up. My pleasure. Mm-hmm. Can always uh, as long as uh, we're talking, then I'm fine. How do you see yourself in five years? Oh, that's a really cliche question. Actually, I know. We have to, to be cliche as well. But compared to some of the other questions you have been like asking, I I can have a joker. Like I can be cliche right now. Imagine you're sitting there comfy, but in front of you you have your version of yourself in five years. Yeah. And you can talk to him. What and ask him anything I want. And then I would be asking him, "Hey, Jonas, are you still having fun?" And I would really hope that he's saying yes. And if he says no, then I would start doing something differently to ensure that I will be having fun in five years also. Mm-hmm. unless I like the current Jonas also have some days right now where he has not fun <laughs> there can be some really bad days sometimes do it's, you like find other people to talk about those bad days uh, no I usually deal with them myself that's easiest you don't share with other co-founders or, other, or with other founders depending on what is happening which is the reason why I have a bad day that is dependent on whom I would approach to talk with. I see. So if it's a startup issue, I would find someone who knows something about startup. If it's a personal issue, I would find someone who knows me personally. If it's a family issue, I would talk with someone in my family see. and so on. If it's something I don't know how to do with my master thesis, I would talk with my supervisor, right? That's how it works. Okay. For me, at least. I don't have a... I have some friends who I go to 98% of the time but I don't have a one go-to person for every problem ever because... Well, you know one go-to person already. Kiva or what? 
no, I don't. Oh my god, I, I would never put myself in such a place. Then Miss Kim, <laughs> or whom I refer to. I was talking to. about yourself. Yeah, but that's the thing that you cannot know everything yourself either, right? Yeah, but you can actually cheer up yourself. True, that's true. By the time you meet that friend, you have to like gather up. Okay, it's gonna be okay. <laughs> Which is also what usually happens, but not on those really bad days, right? So yeah, that's something. Okay. Well, this is it. We're done. Unfortunately, huh? <laughs> so but thank you. Thank you for for accepting. I enjoyed it. And it was uh, really convenient, right? So it yeah, was super. Cool. I hope that you find amazing insights and that this conversation opened up a little bit your eyes and that you will book a tour. Who knows? Like, I want to go to North Korea. Yeah. <laughs> do that if you really want to learn about the world then do so definitely do things try and never give up whatever happens so thank you all for listening thank you Jonas and I would say to leave expand enthusiasm people bye 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 I think that it was the start of this traveling journey realizing how big the world actually is Like I have been in Italy thinking, oh, I have been traveling and I know how the world works. But five days in North Korea, you realize that this is so far from anything I could have imagined or could have heard. So if this is so far, how many things or how many experiences around the world is hidden in like, I wouldn't say secret, but in the dark or like yeah. where where people don't know. Mm-hmm.